Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're all enjoying your day, great. If not, well, I have a feeling the subject is probably going to bring back horrible flashbacks like PTSD style for y'all. So anyway, there was one match finish that just kept bugging me. That I kept thinking back to that defied all logic. And you can tell by the episode title what I'm talking about. The match finish to the Team WWE versus Team Nexus match from SummerSlam 2010. 7-on-7 seven match. Originally there was going to be Great Khali on WWE side, but he got taken out as mentioned in the three-part episode against Team Nexus. So Team WWE was John Cena, John Morrison, R-Truth, Bret Hart, Edge, Chris Jericho, and a mystery partner. Because like I said, the Great Khali was supposed to be part of the match. He got written out. Team Nexus had Wade Barrett. David Otunga, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, Darren Young, Skip Sheffield, later known as Ryback, and Michael Tarver. So 7-on-7 elimination match. This was the first big pay-per-view match for the Nexus ever since they debuted back right after first season of NXT ended around, I think it was June of 2010. So after running rough shot throughout the freaking company, tearing apart the rings, attacking people, everything, it was time for this big match. That could have solidified the Nexus as one of the biggest threats in terms of an overall stable within WWE history. Because they made one hell of an impact on their debut. The problem was this night. So at first, like I said, there was a mystery partner and it turned out to be Daniel Bryan taking the spot rather than the piss. I mean, Miz. I misspoke there. But they had the match. And at the end, after Daniel Bryan got taken out by the Miz who attacked him with the Money Bank briefcase because he wasn't happy that Daniel Bryan took his spot in the tag match. It was down to John Cena on Team WWE, and Team Nexus had only Wade Barrett and Justin Gabriel. So here's how the finish went. Daniel Bar- or Wade Barrett and Justin Gabriel beating down John Cena. They take him to the outside after Barrett delivers a big boot, and they tear apart the protective padding over in the aisleway area of ring- at ringside to expose a concrete floor. Wade Barrett takes John Cena, drops him with the TDT on the cement, throws him back in the ring, tags in Justin Gabriel after setting him up, laying there on the canvas. Justin Gabriel tries going for the 450 splash. Cena rolls out of the way to avoid the move and quickly leaps over and pins Justin Gabriel right afterwards. Wade Barrett looks on in disbelief, gets in the ring, and immediately gets dropped down in the SCF and taps out to the damn move. Think about this for a second. John Cena got driven head first into cement. Exposed freaking concrete. And within a minute or two, he is just fine. Now it says backstage, and I'm reading this right off Wikipedia because I know that Jericho and Edge talked about this on Jericho's podcast, saying that the original plan was for the Nexus to win, and Wade Barrett also confirmed this. However, John Cena asked for the finish to be changed, which Jericho felt affected the Nexus's momentum, and also Darren Young and Heath Slater shared the same thing, and it is very true, because John Cena thought, oh, he was thinking right, then afterwards he talked to Jericho and Edge, like, oh, you guys were right, do-do-do-do, I wasn't thinking that far ahead, do-do-do-do, it's like, dude, you know what the frick you were doing. Alright, this was the worst finish you could do. You get driven headfirst into cement, but then you're just fine and come back from a two-on-one deficit just like that? Like, to give you guys reference, there are two other instances that I can think of off the top of my head where somebody was driven headfirst into exposed concrete, and yet it was a completely different result. The most recent example I can give was the night after Royal Rumble 2020. 
because Andrade Cien Almas, aka Andrade El Idolo, or as I once thought it said, Andrade El Dildo, he was freaking suspended because of the wellness policy violation. So how do they write him off? You have the concrete get exposed at ringside, and Humberto Carrillo, the guy with absolutely no charisma or personality of any kind, freaking drops Andrade onto the concrete with his finisher, the hammerlock DDT, Andrade's finisher, but drove him headfirst into concrete, and that's how they wrote off Andrade to serve his suspension. So a kayfabe, they use that to write him off, saying, hey, he got injured so badly, we're not going to see him for a while. Now let me give you guys a legit instance that probably nobody easily knows about, but you can probably find this on either Peacock or the network. There was an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. This was episode 6, which aired on May 3rd, 1986. There was a whole feud going on between Jake the Snake Roberts and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This was before the failed run for Roberts to go against Hulk Hogan. I've discussed that in the past. And during the, this episode, and I could say you can find it on the Network of Peacock if you look up Saturday Night's main event, there was a whole instance where Jake Roberts dropped Ricky's steamboat with a DDT on exposed concrete. Now, both men were skeptical because Jake thought there was no way that Steamboat could protect himself. I think Vince and somebody else said that they were adamant about the spot going on, and Steamboat said, hey, he'll be fine. He'll be able to protect himself. But he got dropped on the concrete, and it sounded like a watermelon got dropped. And it not only legitimately knocked out Steamboat because he couldn't protect himself, but it also gave him a concussion to the point where he had to get stretchered out of the building. So think about that for a second. Storyline-wise for Andrade... He gets dropped with a hammerlock DDT face first into concrete. He's written off television. But yet somehow, and in real life as well because of an incident, in 1986, Steamboat gets legit knocked out and concussed to the point where he has to get stretchered away back in 1986 from getting DDT'd on a concrete. But yet John Cena can get driven head first into concrete with the DDT at SummerSlam 2010 and be just fine? Like, is this supposed to be symbolic about how thick-headed he was in this night? I mean, that's not the only time we've seen Cena get, take some kind of nasty impact to the head that was, should have been freaking taking him out, and yet he no-sold it. I mean, if you want another example, look at the year prior at Hell in a Cell 2009. He got punted in the head by Randy Orton, pinned, and then right afterwards, Randy's in the aisleway, posing with his new WWE Championship, and Cena just stood up and stared at him like nothing happened. Like... If that's not symbolic about how thick-headed John Cena probably was during this time involving his spot and what he thought was a good idea, I don't know what is. But try to make sense of that, folks. One legit instance of a knockout because of a DDT on concrete. One that's used in storyline to write off a guy who got suspended for the wellness policy violation. But then you have one moment directly in the middle-ish, depending on the time period, if you, what you want to count as the middle, but you know what I mean. Where somebody gets dropped in DDT on the concrete, and yet they're just fine with no explanation. No signs like Cena may have held his head a little bit, kind of selling it a little bit after the match. But he no-sold it as soon as, like, Justin Gabriel was going for the 450 splash. Because he roll easily rolled out of the way, jumped on Gabriel, pinned him, and then immediately put the SCF on Barrett as soon as Barrett got into the ring. Acting like nothing happened whatsoever. That makes no logical sense. Like, how do you get dropped? If y'all got dropped headfirst into concrete, I guarantee y'all would feel it. Y'all will not be so fast as to get right back up and just act like nothing happened. You're gonna get a concussion. But yet Cena's somehow fine? Like, what's his head made out of? Titanium? Like, Jesus. This was... That was one of the worst match finishes ever. Because like I said, not only did it kill the credibility of the Nexus to the point where that 
freaking ending would make or break them. But also, how do you freaking recover after that, after losing in a 2-on-1 deficit to another guy? Just like that. I mean, the group had some maybe slight twinklings of freaking hope for them, like when they added a couple new members like Michael McGillicuddy and Husky Harris to show that the group's expanding and Mason Ryan and... But that didn't really go anywhere, and even when CM Punk became the leader, that whole be thing just became secondary, because within a few months after freaking CM Punk became the leader of the new Nexus, the Nexus quietly disbanded, because Punk was going off on his own thing. So it's like, this was just the death nail. Even when they put Cena in the group, because of the whole storyline saying he lost a hell in a cell, therefore he has to join the Nexus, it was pointless, because Cena was just working from within. They didn't give this group a chance, and this was the night where they could have done it. But no, they squandered it like a bunch of freaking idiots. Dude, like, and I think even Barrett even said in interviews saying that they were supposed to win, but then they changed the finish and Barrett went right up to freaking Vince saying, what's the deal here, mate? Okay, I'm not doing an accurate British accent there because I don't feel like it. Vince just said, we have to send the crowd home happy. But yeah, you fast forward to WrestleMania 38, you didn't really do that because you had a heel win in the main event. Didn't do anything to send the crowd home happy. But that's not always the case. In other words, it's just BS. So, uh, if somebody can make sense of this, of how this whole thing happened, please do so in the comment section below. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a like, comment, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube with the bell turned on, or follow on any other service that you may be listening to this episode on. And I'll catch you all later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.